This podcast is dedicated to helping high achievers on the verge of burnout reclaim a healthier work-life balance without sacrificing growth or success. Welcome to episode 27 of Give Yourself Some Leeway with me, your host, Eugene Lee. Today, I am joined by Chris Chandler-Yates. Chris is a burnout coach for first responders, and today he shares his story going from working as security and protecting New Zealand's Prime Minister to experiencing such a severe case of burnout that it caused him to leave the job that he once loved. So today he shares his journey of self-care, recovery and personal development and how now he is so passionate about helping other officers take charge of their mental health so that they don't have to go through the pain that he once experienced. If you enjoyed today's episode, let me know. Eugene at leeway.ie Thank you, and I really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Chris Chandler-Yates. So Chris, like as a burnout coach for first responders, what always intrigues me when it comes to uh, coaches and entrepreneurs is what gives them that spark, that vision. So if you don't mind sharing, why is it? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, so what I do, I do what I do because I, I my my ultimate thing is that I want to help people truly see themselves. I want them to be able to see who they actually are, so they can bring their entirety to what they do. And this all stems back to me being a police officer for seven and a half years. Uh, so if I rewind even further, I'm originally from California. I grew up there until I was about thirteen, then sailed halfway around the world with my parents and my little brother on a forty foot catamaran. Uh, so from the Caribbean all the way to New Zealand, and then we settled in New Zealand uh, in 2004. We arrived here uh, a couple years later. Well, a couple years later, I met my now who's a woman who's now my wife. Uh, and about a couple years after that, I ended up joining the New Zealand Police Force. Uh, so that was 2011. I joined the New Zealand Police Force. I went to training, uh, and in 2009, decided I wanted to join the police force. So it was a bit of a battle to get in there. Burned myself out a couple of times during that, if I really look back at it, um, with the with the fitness side of stuff, um, and really just driving and being so laser focused on it. Uh, but then I did a career, quite a good career, of seven and a half years. But I even started burning out at about a year and a half mark, because I had a female partner of mine get assaulted. I was going to suicides. I wasn't dealing with the trauma. I was trying to be this version of myself that wasn't really truly me, uh, and it's energetically it's draining it's you'll know this as a as a burnout coach as well eugene when you're trying to be something that you're actually not you're putting so much energy into putting a mask on that it never happens and so i started to burn out then got some counseling didn't recognize it as burnout just thought that it was because of the stuff that i was seeing and dealing with which and it was that's kind of what caused my burnout as well uh because i didn't know how to process it uh, went to counseling, thought I dealt with everything, then went on to do uh, diplomatic protection. So I was one of those bodyguards with sunglasses, the suit, and the uh, as as the as the uh, uniform cops used to call us all the time, the sleeve talkers, uh, where we talk into our sleeve all the time. Uh, and so I was looking after VIPs, um, overseas diplomats, our prime minister here, uh, and then also highlight got to work alongside Secret Service when Biden came over when he was vice president, which was quite impressive to watch and be a part of. Uh, but through all of that, I thought that the training, the distractions 
would make everything go away and make everything better, but it just made it worse because I became extremely hypervigilant. Uh, and in the end, ended up almost cheated on my wife, ended up hating everything, ended up probably steps off suicidal uh, because I, I mean, I didn't want to kill myself, but I didn't care if I died. So it's a very scary place. And thinking back on it, it's like, how did I get there? It's because I was burned out. Uh, and so I went to another counselor. My wife, when I went to her with and said, I want a divorce. Uh, she's like, come to counseling one. Let's go to counseling one more time. Let's work on this. We, we deserve it. And something inside of me was like, okay, cool. There's something going on. And so I went to, I went to counseling and the first session, the counselor was like, Chris, you're so burned out and your job is draining so much of you that you can never refill your tank while you're working. I was in such a dark place that I thought she just hated cops and she wanted one less on the road. That's how burned out I was that nothing was good. Uh, and so, yeah, then I ended up with a lot of her help, talked through all that. I uh, did a motorcycle trip to refine myself, identify who I was, and then came back and started doing what I'm doing now. Uh, initially through fitness, helping people with fitness because that kind of kept me going kept that you know there's there's all the research around how fitness and movement a day you know some fairly heavy you know some medium to heavy intensity movement uh re recharges the adrenals burns off cortisol uh it um changes the hormones within ourselves and so that was constantly i was always in the gym at work uh, or for work. Uh, and then, yeah, so I was doing a personal training and now I just, I do burnout and I still do the fitness side of stuff, but mostly the mindset, uh, now within my programs and stuff, I bring in coaches and that to do most of the fitness side of stuff. I just do the mindset because if you can help somebody change the way that they're looking at themselves and really know who they are, they perform at a way higher level and don't burn out. So that's how I got to where I am now. And that's how I, that's why I do what I do now because of my experiences of going through it and I don't want anybody else to do it. <laughs> that's awesome. I think one thing to note when it comes to um, like, I was the same when I first burnt out, I turned to fitness straight away. And I was like, I was like fitness, like going to gyms, doing strength training. It was like my endorphin release and it, it was about managing the cortisol and everything. But it's hard when you have burnt out because of hyper productivity and high achieving that it's almost it's almost very easy to end up overtraining then um, when it was when it comes to fitness. I'll, I'll bring my personal training as well as my burnout coaching aspect into that. When we you can't overtrain or you can't and you can't overwork, you can only under rest. And I remember a, a, a really good friend of mine now and supplement guy uh, told me that. And I was like, it's so true. The, what I've identified through my learnings, my trainings and coaching hundreds of people is it's all about the mindset that we would bring to it as well. If you're bringing a negative, energetically draining mindset to it, it will burn you out. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be the most enjoyable thing in your entire world. If you start to look at the negative sides of everything, you're going to get burned out on it. Same thing with fitness. I can go into the gym and I can destroy the crap out of myself when I'm burned out and it will, I'll walk away feeling better for a short time. It actually isn't the gym that then drains me. It's the external of everything else. And the gym actually helped me through a portion of a short time, but then my mind goes back to that negative mindset. And so it's that under resting and you can, you can 
increase that rest on your mind and your your um, chemical makeup just by changing those thoughts, by changing the focus that you have when you're at the gym, the reasons you're going to the gym. If you're going to the gym to get rid of the burnout, you'll always be disappointed <laughs> because it's not going to solve your burnout. It's everything else that's going on that you need to change. <laughs> and, and you get into the gym. And the reason most people walk away from the gym, from what I've found from both personal training, as well as from the mindset coaching is people walk away from the gym feeling so good because while they're at the gym, the, the thoughts and the pat and the things that are going on elsewhere that are actually burning them out, they stop thinking about it. They start thinking about the results that they're getting within the gym, the fun that they're having, the enjoyment, all with physical movement, and it concretes it in. And then they forget about it for a while, and then it comes back, and now they're like, oh, and, and it hits really hard because all of a sudden they're on this really big high, and now they're on this really big low. So that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think I, I was kind of the same where I always thought that when I, when I was first going through my burnout recovery, I thought that fitness was the first step and get, getting into your physical health. And I was like, because that's what I did. And as soon as I started telling people, I was still like, oh, this is how I overcame burnout. And this is what I did. And they look, literally looked at me as if I had two heads. And then they were like, so you worked out like three days a week. How did you have the time to do that? I spent so much time at work. I don't have time to, to, to go to the gym. And they're like, and it's like, oh, I used to go for long walks. And they're like, why the hell would you go for a long walk? Like my mind is racing all the time. I don't have the time to go for a two hour walk. And I was like, I was, it took me ages to try and figure it out. And I was there, I was like, but it really helps. And they're like, nah, you're crazy. Is they're like, I don't have the time. I'm, I'm working way too much to, to, to go for a, a walk like that. I'd rather go home and watch Netflix for two hours and, I was, and, 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 and reset my mind. So I, I think it, it kind of came back to what I had was the... I already had the mindset shift to, yeah. to, to for, for the routine. And it was about helping other people understand that it's the shift in mindset. That is, yeah. it, that's the first step. It's, it's getting that self-awareness and shifting your mindset. So how would you approach um, so someone shifting their mindset? Let's say they're, they're they've just become aware that they've hit that turning point or breaking point uh, in their burnout and they're ready to start their burnout recovery. Um, but again, they have no idea where to start. How do you start that approach to their mindset shift? Well, the first thing you gotta, the first thing you gotta ask them is what's the most important thing to you? What's the most important thing to you? Like, obviously we all want to become successful. We all want to make millions. We all want to, you know, so we can impact, we all want to impact people. We all want to do these things, but what's the most important thing to you? Because at the end of the day, if you're only alive for another five minutes, what are you going to do with that five minutes? Are you going to go turn up to work? Are you going to go do everything for everyone else? Or are you going to do the last things that you, that, that you want to do? Are you going to be with your family? Are you going to spend some time with, with yourself? Are you going to focus on those most important things? Because I can guarantee the things that you're spending all the energy on that have burned you out are not the things that you're going to be doing in that last five minutes of your life. And so it's really getting people to think about that in a different way. Take care of yourself. When I was on that motorcycle trip, I recognized a few things because when I went on that motorcycle trip, I still wanted a divorce. I still, I did not know if I was coming back. 
Uh, I did two and a half months, 8,000 U.S. miles across the U.S. Went to Houston and back from California. And when I left, I didn't know if I was coming back to my wife. I didn't know any of that. That was fully 100% for me. And so what I say is every day you should be doing something that is for you that has nothing to do with anyone else. And that comes to that mindset thing. Are you going to the gym so you're better at work? I talk to a lot of police officers, work with a lot of first responders, and we have to be fit as a first responder. As a police officer, you have to be fit. Otherwise, you get, become that meme of the cop that is unfit and fat and eating donuts. Um, but you also can't chase people. You can't catch people. You can't apprehend people. You're not, your mental clarity is gone. And so what I tell people is I don't care if you go run. I don't care if you go to the gym. I don't care if you just go for a walk with your wife or walk with your dogs. Taking care of yourself should be the number one thing. Then it should be your intimate relationship. Then your kids. Then your family that you classify as family. And then it should be work and everybody else. And if you live your life with that, and I, I talk people through this and I guide them through the process of it, of, of really bringing that awareness back to themselves. If you walk through that process and apply why it matters to you, and in a way it sounds selfish, but it's not, it's actually filling your tank up so then you can be present completely with them. Watch the productivity happen. One, you're going to have more energy. Two, more mental clarity. And three, you're going to get more shit done. Because you're actually not turning up. And I use this example all the time. How many times have you turned up to your significant other? Or you've turned up to work and your mind is literally six different places. And you sit at your desk and say work. You sit at your desk for an hour and you're like, what did I just get done? I didn't get anything done the last hour. It's because your mind's everywhere else and it's not being present. Because now you're thinking about, Chad, I really wish I could just go off and go for a walk. Or I really wish I could go whatever your hobbies are. I really need to focus on my, a lot of times it's family. I really need to focus on family. I really need to focus on my wife, my husband, because they're sitting there. We're not doing well. So you're thinking about everything else. And so you're not actually getting any work done at all. But yet, hey, I got to be at work. So I make money. And so yeah. bringing that whole, I know it's a long winded answer, but bringing that whole perspective back in that if you do not take care of yourself, if you do not do your hobbies, if you aren't clear on what your hobbies are and what you enjoy doing and actually make them a priority, then you won't turn up to your relationship. You won't feel like you're giving to them completely. You'll feel like, actually, I'll rephrase that. You won't feel like you're being, you're being able to serve them completely because you're not served completely. And so it's draining your tank every time instead of filling it. Same thing when you turn up to work. The number one thing I guide people through is making sure figuring out a way so that what you do at work serves you every day. I spent years where I felt like I was being sucked off of by the police. Oh, I just turn up and they just, everything's horrible. And they just take everything from us. Why am I doing this? I'm just coming to get a paycheck. It doesn't matter what you do. Same, same, same message, same words. Whereas now I literally am filled by what I do and the cops that I coach are filled by what they do every single day, not being sucked on, even though it's the same shit, different day. Yeah, I think that comes down to, let's say, it's like the workplace culture. And is, is, is there, let's say, when it comes to first responders, especially when you're always, always almost on call, is there, uh, there like, 
it's 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 like a vocation anyway. Being being a first responder is a vocation. It's a calling. It's 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 not like everyone's uh, not everyone is called to the the long nights, the the type of work, the scenarios you find yourself in as a first responder. That the and the trauma that can come with that too. Um, is there, let's say, a, a, a demand from from the higher ups, or or, or in, or is there just almost like a, an unspoken, uh, unspoken rules, unri- unwritten rules, uh, where you you don't complain or you don't uh, talk about your stress or your mental health while on the job, or, or how it might affect your um, your performance. And is 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 there a way that people are might be in denial of their burnout because of that? Because they're afraid that if they do talk about it, they might be seen as incompetent in their role as a first responder. You know, it's it's getting better. It's getting a lot better, but there's still a lot of departments around the world that that it is that struggle. Um, but you're also talking about A-type personality people. And most of these people are, are coming into, and I'll talk towards police because I know them well. Uh, most of the people that are within policing are coming in to solve some sort of trauma that has happened to them. I mean, I've, I've spoken with four, 400 plus people. My services have helped over 600. And after talking to a lot of these people, I've recognized we're all, we all, everybody joins the police because they want to solve some sort of trauma that has happened to them in the past. The sad thing is, is with a lot of the females, it's rape or domestics. Uh, and they're wanting to solve or stop that. And they're coming from a place of wanting to, wanting to stop it from a place of pain, not from a place of, okay, how can I impact? They, they talk about it as an impact, but they haven't dealt with all that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. So when you take that into perspective, and you're taking these A-type personality people that don't want to look like they are weak or that they can't do their job, then yes, you do end up with people. You do end up with a lot of people that are like, hey, I can't, I, I'm the protector. I don't, I don't have problems. But yet we all have problems. doesn't matter if you're a first responder or if you're a executive or a, you just work in the corporate world. We all have that same thing of we don't want to be judged by other people. We don't want to be looked at differently. We don't want to be, quote unquote, that person. And it is getting better because the messaging's out there, but also at the same time, that is causing that woke side of things. So that weakness side of a side of it as well. Just like anything, it has two sides of the coin. And so you you have there's that balance of are is it poor me, poor me, or is it okay, cool, yeah, I'm talking about this because I want to make a difference and I want to keep making that impact. And so what I say to that is know who you are, know what you need, know why you're doing it, ask for help when you need it. So then you can keep fighting your mission. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, I suppose, especially like I, I have no experience, of course, when it comes to um, we're, we're, like policing and first responders and like EMTs and the likes um, but like, are there signs that you can see, let's say in coworkers and colleagues, um, that they are on the, on, let's say on the down spiral, the, the early signs of burnout and are there like certain like traits 
that, that you can spot early early on are like coping mechanisms that they might be using, let's say, to stay on task to, to, to boost their uh, performance. Like like for me, for me, it was I um I was working long shifts and I like I wouldn't I wouldn't on shift, but let's say at the end of the shift before my drive home, I might have a can of monster or Red Bull in the boot of the car. And I'd be throwing that back with um, a Mars bar or a Snickers to have me give me the energy to get home, and then I, and then have whatever commitments I have outside of work then as well, um, and and that was literally just trying to keep pushing the needle, just keep me ticking over just for a few more hours, and that became a daily habit then, and of course that made that uh, in long term that got out of control. I, I that was just massive unhealthy habits and then that took a toll on my physical health. Are there um, certain things that you might notice in coworkers that they might be oblivious to? They they just realize it's a, a way of life and, and they're like, oh sure, that's just that's just the nature of the job. Yeah. So there's there's two things. One is change a change of personality is a big one. So if you've known somebody for a while, uh if you've known somebody a short time, it's a little bit more difficult, but uh, somebody who's extremely negative all the time has probably burned out in some way. Uh, so if they're always talking about the problems, if they, if they can't see the, if they can't see the good sides of anything that's going on around them, or they're always talking about the bad sides and never the good sides, that's a huge sign of burnout. Uh, the other one is change of personality. Um, and so that kind of, that's part of that. Uh, but it's those, a person who once was bubbly and now isn't a person who once would do things just, you know, out of the greatness of their heart, you know, they would, they would be there for people. They would have those conversations and now they don't, uh, the person who's tired all the time and never really was before, uh, the person who says they'll do things, but then doesn't, but they used to do things that they said that they would, uh, you've got the, and some of the signs that you can look at within yourself is memory loss, fatigue, um, lack of enthusiasm, uh, that negative shift, um, thing, seeing everything as negative. Uh, the one process that I take people through real quick that they can do is just have a look outside. And if you look outside and all you and you see the darkness more than you see any of the light that's outside, you're probably in some sort of state of burnout. And depending on how much darkness you look at, like when I look outside now, I, all I see is I see the, the, the light part of the clouds. I mean, it's cloudy outside. There's gray clouds and stuff if I, if I want to see it. But I see the white parts of the clouds. I'm not burned out. But when you're burned out, you start to see the dark little parts. Everything looks a little bit gray. Uh, and so really just those are some of the things that you can look at within yourself, but also that your colleagues can, can see and your family can see uh, is really that change of change of personality. I know when I was burned out, I would go to dinner parties and I'd say like three words. I'm a talkative guy. <laughs> I care about people. I talk about lots of different stuff. And so when I'm not talking, people know that there's something going on. And so it's just looking for those patterns and people that you know, and, and that negativity is a massive one. If somebody's being extremely negative, they're most likely in some sort of state of burnout. And that, that, that's how you recognize burnout around you. But how do you approach someone if they're feeling that burnout? 
without them, like uh, uh, more than likely they are going to get on the defensive and be like, yeah. I, this, this is, this is just, just who I am. This is what I do. This is the nature of my work. It's like, how dare you think that I, and, and, and they automatically go, if you're like, you need to take a break. They automatically, what goes through their head is like, they think I'm not capable of doing this work or keeping this up or that I'm mentally weak or something. And I'm and, and not able to keep up my workload and they're going to almost overcompensate um, to, to make up for it uh, so that you don't uh, question them again. Um, so what's, let's say, the best approach if, if you find a family member and uh, in, in such a role and you're like, okay, you might need to um, get help or take a break or, or maybe just take a breather and, and, and maybe become aware of the situation, what would, let's say, your best approach be for that? So it all depends on how well you know the person, but the best place to start is ask questions. Don't tell them what to do, but ask questions. So for example, if you can identify that and they're not doing a whole lot of things for fun, because fun creates joy, joy increases our excitement and you can't be burned out when you're excited. <laughs> when you're excited about something, you just, you'll drive and drive and drive towards it and you'll, you'll burn yourself out maybe physically, but it's more of going, Hey, Eugene, you know, what do you do? You know, what do you do for fun? Hey, Eugene, you know, oh, you know, I see your work. I see you're working a lot. What, you know, what fun things are you doing outside of work? I'd really love to know so that I can, you know, I can maybe bring some new, new hobbies into my life. And if it puts them on the spot to think about it. Because if they go, oh, no, I don't do a whole lot. Oh, then you can be like, oh, Eugene, how come, how come you're not doing very much stuff outside of work? Oh, I'm so busy at work. I got all this going on. I got this project and all this. I got kids. I got this and blah, blah, blah. Oh, crap. Shit. It sounds like you, it sounds like you got a lot going on. You must be burned out. And instantly right then they'll either go on the defensive and be like, no, 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 I'm not burned out. Everything's going well. Oh, okay, cool. I, and then you can turn around to, oh, I know if I was in your situation or I was once in your situation, fuck. I just felt like I had no energy. I felt like I, all I wanted to do was sleep for hours. And all of a sudden, you're not telling them that anything's wrong, but you're now holding up a mirror going, and they might be going, shit, yeah, that's, that's me. Then they might go, oh, what did you do to get out of the burnout? Oh, I did this program, or I got this coach, or hey, I just started to do fun things that were just for me. Because I can tell you this, after interviewing hundreds of people and talking to hundreds of people, every single person on this planet has been burned out in some state or some way at some stage. Some level of burnout. So it's just a reapplying it. That would be the, literally the, the most basic and easiest way to go about it. And then if they're still fighting it, it's just continually asking those questions. Continually going, hey, yeah, cool. I get the, you know, yeah, oh, I got so much going on as well. Did you, and just telling people about the fun stuff that you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll either hate you for it. They'll, they'll, if they, if they start to get really pissed off with you and hate you for it, it's because it's starting to hold a mirror up to them. Don't abandon them. If they start to pull away, don't push harder on them, but keep standing next to them. Keep checking in with them. Keep going, hey, Eugene, what's going on? How's it going? Haven't seen you in a while. I'd love to get you out 
snowboarding. I'd love to get you out. Whatever it is that you that you think that they might enjoy, again, that they might enjoy, but not telling them that they have to do it, bring them along. Hey, I, Eugene, I know you used to, I'm going to make stuff up here. Eugene, I know you used to like to, you know, go to the gym and stuff like that. And you were saying that you haven't gone in a while. Hey, I'm going to the gym tomorrow afternoon. You want to start coming with me? I could, I could really use a training partner. Oh, no, no, no. I don't have the time. Oh man. It could really help me out. Cause somebody who's burned out is mostly burned out because I give to everybody else. And then once they're in the gym, they'll start to do it or whatever that thing is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get you. It's, it's, it's like almost using their, uh, like their, their high achieving their drive against uh, uh, kind of almost against, against them, them <laughs> yeah. uh, but for them at the same time, it's you're, you're doing it yep. for their good against their yep. will, but for yeah. their good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, you know, you, you use it, you use it so that it benefits them. But the problem that happens a lot of the times that I see is somebody will identify that somebody's burned out and all they do is go, what's wrong? Eugene, you're so negative these days. You, and it just reinforces I'm bad. I'm not good. That judgment. Oh my God, people are looking at me and they'll pull away harder and harder and harder. And that comes from because most people don't know who they are. That's the biggest thing that I, like I said, I help people really identify and see themselves. Because if you can see and you know who you truly are, then you can turn up to somebody else and be there for them so that they can truly see who they are. And that goes through, that comes from coaching. It comes from looking in the mirror. It comes from visualizations. It comes from knowing your human needs and really knowing your purpose and creating your mission. Yeah, I, I think that's what a lot of people they 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 mean the best and 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 they have good intentions but they end up it, it, it it's either they try to uh, rip the band-aid off and uh, tell you honestly how they're feeling and they end up just making the matters worse or they just they they, they just almost end up reinforcing the cynicism and self-deprecation that's already there and uh, put the person on the defensive yeah. I'll add on to that because you, you touched on something right there that I've done since I went on my motorcycle trip when I was burned out the most. And it's one of the biggest impacting things that I've ever done. And I still do this day. We use how, how's your day going or how are you as a conversation filler or a conversation starter, but really don't expect or don't want somebody to respond honestly. Start responding honestly. It will change your world. And I don't say tell everybody all your bad things that are going on and just leave it at that. But take and tell people how you're actually doing. Oh, I'm actually really tired today. I've got so much stuff going on with work. I've got, um, you know, I've got relationship stuff going on. And I'm just making stuff up here. But this is probably somebody who's burned out is going to say this if they're honest. If work is overloading. They don't care about me. All these different negative things. And if you're the listener or if you're the teller, finish it with a positive. Got all this shit going on, but I'm working on it by taking one step at a time. And it's going, it, it's, it won't be forever. 
So instantly you're telling your mind to look for the facts that is not going to be forever. So let's start creating it. So it's not forever. Or if you're the listener, turn, if they finish on that, then turn around and be like, Oh, I totally get it, but it won't be forever. We've all had these situations happen in the past and it always ends up better in the end. We always learn from it. And so, but actually honestly telling people how the hell you're doing. Remember when COVID hit, I, um, my wife lost her job because she does, she's an event manager. So COVID hit in a week, she lost her job. I had to go, I took up a second job on top of my coaching, working at the hospital, we're doing security work. Now back pre-police, I vouched I'd never do security work again because it burned me out back before police looking at it. But I was like, got to step up. This is the time where I've taken care of myself. Now I can take care of my family. I can take care of bills. I can take care of all this different stuff. And I can go help these people by taking my stuff to the, the hospitals while I do security work. So I went and did that and I did a three month contract. And I remember during it, the hospitals were dead quiet here because they kind of literally shut down everything, expecting a big influx of COVID. And the nurses would like, I had days where I was just like, I'd come home and just things weren't going well with my wife because she lost her job doing what she absolutely loved, just got her dream job. And I'd come to work and the nurses would ask, they'd be like, oh, you know, how's it going today? I'd be like, yeah, well, my wife's not doing so well at home. Um, my business has kind of slowed down a little bit. I'm here wandering around, but hey, I get to talk to you. And at first they, they were like, what the hell? But it started to help them because then they'd start to respond back to it. And it wasn't the first couple of times, but after a little while, they start to respond back or I'd ask them how they're doing. They're like, oh yeah, good. I'm like, no, actually, how are you actually doing? Because that's me. I'm just, I'm that person. <laughs> But I started to notice them all talking to each other and started, they all started doing it. Instantly right there, that's countering burnout. Because you now everybody's getting their stuff off their chest and it doesn't have that energy to it anymore. I love that. You're, you're opening the conversation with, with something as simple as, how are you doing? Like, like, like even at work the whole time, it's instead of saying hi or hello, people just say, how are you doing? How are you keeping? How are you? but they do not expect you to respond. Either you don't respond or they're expecting fine, good, or grand, and nothing more than that. And it, it, let's say, as soon as you go into a spiel being like, oh, this is how I'm feeling, they're going like, oh, is this there? Like, I did not ask for your life story. But then if you finish up with that, being like, but I do get to speak to you today, which is the positive, and you catch them off. I get to make money end. today. And next thing they're like, I get to oh, make great. money today. I'm at work. I get to yeah. make money. <laughs> <laughs> I get to impact lives today by doing whatever it is that you're doing, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just that literally just that positive push at the end, just that, that little uplift at the end where they go like, oh, cut off guard like three times in a row. Next thing they're like, it makes, you know, it takes them out of the clockwork, out of the autopilot of the, the droll. How are you? How are you doing? How are you keeping? Uh, like not not even concerned it was it's, it's just a, a it just rolls off the tongue and 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 when it actually becomes a question again you give that question a purpose again and it's you're like oh people are actually concerned about how i feel and they're you're opening that discussion and letting people vent their feelings uh it's it's like three is it's like three like powerful words how are you and, and the, there's a couple of things that one of the, one of the biggest things that it does is it, 
it hits a couple of your human needs. It hits connection. And it also hit it. Well, actually it hits, it hits a lot of them. It hits connection, it hits growth and it hits contribution. The three most important. And so when you're hitting those, you're feeling fulfilled. When you're hearing them, you're feeling fulfilled. But then the other thing that I also tell people is don't ask that question if you're not willing to take the time. I've had clients where they've asked me, how's it going? And I've started to tell them and they're like, they're like, or people, and they've started to tell them, they're like, oh, I didn't, like, oh, I don't have time. They literally turn around and go, oh, sorry, I don't have time for this. And for me, it doesn't matter. But for somebody who's burned out, that can put a massive big twist in things. That can send them spiraling. So don't ask the question if you're not willing for a response. And if you have somebody that does give that response and you actually were like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have asked that, be honest. Honesty is a massive thing that I feel like society has lost. Be honest. If you, somebody tells, if you go, hey, how's it going today? Like, just because it's habit and you're like, oh, and they start to actually tell you how their day is going, then be like, oh, and like respond of, oh, man, I totally, I totally get that. Um, and I, I love that you that you're open with me. Um, I'd love to talk more about it. Like if you don't have the time, I'd love to talk to you more about it. How about tonight at five o'clock, we meet up for for a beer or for a, a cup of tea or whatever it is that you want to do. And, and we talk more about it if you want. Instantly, that's like, a, it's not a, hey, whoa, I don't want to deal with this. It's a, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I want to hear more about it. But I don't have the time right now. <laughs> And so what you're doing is you're reinforcing to that person that people care. Because when you're burned out, I don't know about you, Eugene, but when you're burned out, like I was like, people don't care about me. Yeah, I, I mean, I was in that spot where I had, like, I'm introverted by nature anyway. So I, I and, and I had learned to, like, enjoy my own solitude as well to recharge, mm. to, to recharge and batteries. But at the same time, pe people kind of, thought it was like oh he likes his alone time it's like it's not that I like being alone the whole time it's just that I like to recharge my batteries either on my own or with people of the same energy or the same wavelength I can't yeah. I can't if, if I if I need to recharge I sit down at a table with six other people and it's all negative and just cynicism and oh I hate but, my job I'm just sort of like that that's won't not recharge anyone <laughs> I, was, I was like yeah I was, I was like I can't do this. I'm like, I can't gossip. Oh, I can't gossip or anything. I'm just like that. That just it just drains me. I'm like, I I, I literally like sit with my back to to the TVs and the canteen as well. I'm just like, I can't I can't watch the news or can't watch media or anything. I just need to zone out and take a break. And it's, they're like, oh, he's so antisocial. And they're like, no, it's like that. That's just not how I get my energy. Well, it, it's a, it's an interesting thing that you said that. I remember when COVID kind of hit and um. I forget who it was that said it. No, it was Tony Robbins that said it. Uh, and he, he said, remember, you are the gatekeeper of your own mind. So be it. The media, that's a massive negative thing because fear sells more stories. That's just fact. You can't get pissed off at them because they've got a job. Again, they've got a job to do. Fear sells stories. But fear also is energetically draining. Because when you're in a state of fear, you're in a state of fight or flight. When you're in a state of fight or flight, your adrenaline is higher, your cortisol levels go up, and the more and more they build up, all your um, 
all your um your dopamines and all that all start to drop everything you st- your energy just starts to go because you're always you're on hyper alertness and when you're on hyper alertness things can get scary you start to burn out more using more of your internal energy so be the gatekeeper of your mind and that includes the people that you come around when i said about the the pyramid this the structure that i live my life and i teach my clients by the self the relationships the the work and everybody else and the relationship section is broken down into three for a purpose your intimate relationship if you're not with your intimate relationship you're not fulfilled within that and that's not being given to and the tanks not being the tanks not being filled up consistently then how do you turn up to your kids you're resentful around them. you won't go throw the ball and have fun you'll do it out of a place of oh, fuck i've got to go do this instead of I get to go do this, then it's your family. And I said specifically, your family is who you want it to be. Sometimes your blood family that everybody's like, Oh, that's my family, I have to go do stuff for them. Sometimes your blood family is so negative and so down spinning, and so destructive to your life, that you actually need to step away from them for a while. But then on this on the spin point, my best friend, I classify him as family. I'll do anything for him. He went through a breakup last year. I was like, dude, he's like, oh yeah, we just broke up through like message. And I was like, called him. I was like, okay, dude, what's going on? You're coming around to my place. He's like, oh, I've had a few drinks and then I can't drive. Cool. I'll come pick you up. Oh no, you don't have to do that. I was like, yes, I'm coming to pick you up. What's the address of where you're at? Because I was completely filled. My relationship was filled. My wife was like, yes, he's coming. I don't have kids. So I don't have to worry about that side. My dogs were fulfilled. They're my kids. (laughs) but you're able to actually do that. And that's family and then work on top of that. And I, I create like a pyramid and you know, what happens with a pyramid that's upside down, it's always falling over. Well, work is at the very top. Most people try and run with work, the foundation, this little tip, and it just never works. And so really looking at that and how you actually, how your life is structured and how you take care of yourself. And do you actually put yourself first so you can actually feel fulfilled so you can be excited about something? Or do you turn up and go, oh, no, I'm doing this for my family. So many first responders, I'm doing this for my family. I've got to make money for my family. Great reason. But you got to look after yourself first. Otherwise, you won't be looking after your family because you'll be burned out or dead on the side of the road. Yeah, 100%. I suppose, <laughs> I suppose, <laughs> it uh, for for people who like, let's say, tune in, and uh, I suppose the, I always say the TLDR, but I suppose it's it's the TLDL. Too long, didn't really listen. Um, what would be your key takeaway? How to spot burnout? How to approach someone who they think is burnt out? And, um. How would they start their recovery journey? Um, where, where, where's the best place for them to start? Yeah, so um, your first question of how do you identify it is, again, like, I, like we said, but you said sum it up, is um, patterns. Look at somebody's patterns. Have they changed their patterns? Uh, and on top of that, are they an extremely negative person? Extremely negative persons most likely burned out. So if somebody's really negative, the first time that you start to meet them, don't get pissed off at them and be like, oh, that negative person. It's they're probably burned out. They got in they're in some state of burnout. They might not be in a major state, but they're in some state of burnout around something in that life pyramid. Uh, the next one is how to approach it, how to approach somebody again, ask questions, don't make statements. And 
be there. Don't abandon. Because when you're burned out, that whole thing of people judging me becomes one of the biggest things, especially in the policing world, uh, because we're supposed to be the person who's there for everybody else. Um, or so we tell ourselves. Uh, and then where to go? Well, you got yourself, Eugene. I know you're coaching people on it. I've got a program on it. Um, yes, I talk to mostly first responders and police, but uh, and police departments, but reach out to me. Um, my 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 um my website's createfromy.com. So it's really easy to find there. You can find all the services. You can book in a call with me. You can fill out the contact us form. Uh, and that's probably the easiest way. Or you can come over to Instagram uh, and take some of the stuff that I target at police officers and use it on yourself. Because it doesn't really matter if you're a police officer, if you're a corporate, if you're a retail manager, if you're a, I don't know, a, a sailor. I used to do sailing. Um, it all applies to the same thing. Just start applying it. Come over and find me on, on Instagram. It's called, it's Chris Chandler Yates. Uh, real easy. Awesome. Brilliant. But reach out to either myself, Eugene. There's a ton of people out there. If you don't feel like I resonate with you, if I'm too direct, I'm very direct. If I'm too direct for you, if I'm too like in your face, cool. Don't grab me because I want to make sure you get help. But if you want something, if you want action quickly, then cool. Otherwise, you know, Eugene's doing it. Um, there's a ton of people. Out, there's a lot of people out there doing it. We all do it in our own little way. So find somebody who works for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's even my vision, especially with this podcast is that it's getting people to understand that they might not resonate with my story or my experience of burnout, but it's like, okay, we don't resonate with Eugene. Hey, we might resonate with Chris or mm. that might not resonate with Chris, but it might resonate with someone else. And that might be the best approach, the, the, the best start to your journey. And it's not like I'm competing with Chris. Uh, I'm just like, Hey, you're, you're, you're stealing all my people. No, it's, 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 it's a collaborative if at all we can prevent burnout um but yeah I, I think it's just getting that awareness and opening that discussion i think is definitely yeah, a key point for everyone to it's a massive point for everybody to realize and this even goes for coaches there's eight million people eight billion people on the planet the pie is big enough and if we want to change the way that people burn out i mean right now with the last few years that has happened New Zealand did a study, I think it was last year, they did a survey and it was like, I think it was 80% of people they reckon are burned out in some way. Now, when it comes to policing, police are six times more likely to be burned out than any other profession or to get burned out than any other profession because they see 18 times as much trauma as a civilian will in their entire life. That's in their first year. So they'll see 18 times as much trauma just in their first year than a civilian will in their entire life. That's crazy, but it's not. It, it's, it's it's believable. It's it like yeah. of, of of course. But my like, first day, my yeah. first day on the job, my first day on the job, I went to a guy who had been dead for three weeks. My like within a couple of weeks, I went to a guy who jumped in front of a train. Within my first shift, went to a to a domestic where a guy beat up his missus. The stuff just, I mean, that's in my that's not even that's within my first month on the job. That's three that I can think of right now. If I look more, I could probably find more. So, but to bring it back to people, we've all been through trauma the last three and a bit years with COVID and out lockdowns, uncertainty, all this different stuff, people dying, people getting sick, people not sure. So we've all been through more trauma than we probably have in our, in, for a lot of people ever. It will drain on you. Uh, and so on the point of find somebody that helps, 
I went through counseling. I had three to four different counselors in my policing career of seven and a half years. I'm a talker came in handy. I was willing to talk once I was kind of pushed because again, I was, didn't know who I was. I was putting masks on of who I needed to be. And so I didn't be myself. I didn't talk, but those four counselors, all of them, except for the last one, I didn't click with, but I thought I did. But I, if I'm really honest with myself, I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. I didn't feel the hundred percent. I didn't feel like myself. So if you are working with a coach, if you come and you work with me, you work with Eugene and you're like, eh, this just doesn't feel right. Tell us so that we can then help guide you. We know enough people. I've got a massive network. I'm sure Eugene's got a massive network. He's doing this podcast to get that awareness out there, get our names out there. Grab a different one. There's no reason to, that you can't change. And learn, grow. I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on myself in the last five years just doing different courses. A lot of times I talk the same stuff. It's just I hear it in a different way because it's a different person. Nothing wrong with investing in yourself. Yeah, hitting the nail on the head there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm direct. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a million, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, not I appreciate you, Eugene. Um, and yeah, like I said, reach out to us if anybody's having any any struggles. I run a program that's either on the fi fitness program. I also run a uh, the the group coaching for preventing burnout. Also, a big thing that main way that I'm doing stuff now is actually working with police departments. So anybody who knows police departments or is a officer wants me to come run a free live training within their department. Happy to do that because um, I just want to make this difference. I want to prevent burnout because then it prevents PTSD as well. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Give Yourself Some Leeway. And if you did, please rate and review wherever you're listening to this. It makes the podcast more easily found. And if you got value from today's episode, please share with family, friend or loved one because they may benefit from it just as much as you did if you have any questions or any feedback on the topic or maybe ideas for future episodes you can reach out to me at giveyourselfsomeleeway.com or send me an email eugene at leeway.ie i read everything myself and usually respond within a day or so so yeah i look forward to hearing from you and i hope you have a great day and we'll talk soon.